This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. So I just realized I did that last show without my regular mic. Oh my God. Whatever. The XFL game. So DC Defenders won. They won. Thank God. 31-19. The thing is, though, Seattle had three turnovers. They had two pick sixes. They almost had a third one. And they fumbled at the goal line. The game was much closer than the score indicated. The game was much closer because Seattle, on their scoring drives, they made it look easy. When DC defenders went up 3-0, Seattle just came right back and scored. And they just was finding the holes in the zone and DC defenders was missing tackles and stuff. They made um, Austin Pro look unstoppable at times. And then it was another it was another draw that Trey Williams touched down where dude number twenty, I think he caught like a pass and he juked three people and got a first down and then Trey Williams caught the ball one move, he was in the end zone. I'm like, oh my god, like what are these guys doing? What are these guys doing? It's just some some drives some of those drives just made me scratch my head. And then um what really helped out DC defenders was that rule where if the punt doesn't go beyond doesn't go beyond the twenty, you bring the ball to the kicking teams. You bring the ball to the receiving team's 45, to the kicking team's 45? I did not understand that rule at all. I think that stops squib kicks. I just don't get it. I don't get that rule at all, bro. That's crazy. But it helped D.C. defenders because they got a field goal off of it. Um, Cardell Jones was great. He was good. Like, he wasn't spectacular, but he's going to be very good in this league because he knows how to escape. He's very good in the pocket. He doesn't get sacked. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. And he's great in the pocket. He's he's amazing in the pocket. And that's what's going to make DC defenders tough to beat. Even with the inconsistent offense, the inconsistent line play, the inconsistent defense. Even with all that, they can still, even with all that, they still can do something in this league. I'm telling you. DC defenders, they like that. But they're just going to have to clean some stuff up. They're going to have to do better at tackling because some of them plays is ridiculous. Some of them plays should have been stops, and then they just get more yards. Um, and you're not going to play a team that's going to turn the ball over three, four times. 
And D.C. defenders had a blocked punt for a touchdown, too. That's the difference in the game, the blocked punt and the two pick sixes. Other than that, you're talking about a potentially tied game going in the last two minutes. So if I was D.C. defenders, like, I'd be more consistent. I, I mean, it's the first game. So once they work on that stuff, I think they'll be a solid team. Will they win it all? We'll we'll have to see. They definitely can because of Cardell Jones. But they're gonna have to be more consistent. That's that's all I'm gonna say. I like the playmakers there. They got Rashad Ross and they're trying to give Donnell Pumphrey the ball. They're trying to give him the ball as much as they can, but he's not gonna be every down back. I don't think he was ever an every down back. We found that out with the Eagles. And uh, right now, I got Houston and L.A. on. No Josh Johnson. And it is what it is. I like the XFL so far. I like how hard the sideline reporters have to work, getting interviews after every play. And they sitting up here putting their mic into the celebrations and stuff. They have to work very hard. Everyone has a mic. Like, the quarterback had the mic, the defensive had, defensive guys have a mic, the coaches have a mic, the coaches have cameras on them. It's just, man, I just like it. It's very high-tech. It's very, you know what I'm saying? They had cameras in the locker rooms, that mics in the locker rooms. It's kind of different. You know, it takes it a little step further. You know, it's the same thing you know, with the XFL, with the XFL back in the day, with the camera angles and the on-field cameras and stuff. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I mean, people would compare it to the Pro Bowl. Just imagine this for every NFL game. That would be cool. That would be cool, especially the replay guy having everyone like that. The replay guy having the um the mic and the camera on him, that's pretty cool. Um, also, the footballs look cool. The uniforms look cool. I like it. And then I was listening to some snippets on one hundred six seven. The fan Grant Paulson loves his job, and that's really inspiring. I actually ran by Audie Field and I saw Grant Paulson driving in. I was like, hey, yo, that's Grant Paulson. Sure enough, he was calling the game. And I saw the 106.7, the fan, uh, vans and tents and all that. It just looks like a good scene. And the D.C. Defender fans are cool so far. Um, They're loud. They got a lot of energy. They were chanting MVP for Cardell Jones after a few throws. And I understand because the throws he were making and how he was getting in and out of the pocket, and how he didn't turn the ball over. That's just, he's going to be tough. He's going to be tough to stop in this league. But will we win? Will we win the league? I mean, he got a good shot. He got a good shot. But will we? Mm, that's a tough one. I need to see more. I need to see more for sure. Now, Yesterday, last night, I just happened to watch the Blazers and the Jazz. Just happened to watch it. I don't know why. 
but I was watching it. And I was um, dozing in and out. I was kind of watching it a little bit here, a little bit there. And then I finally got my undivided attention the last, like, two minutes. And Portland came back. They made it a game at the end after giving up that huge lead. They came back. They battled back. And it looked like Dame was getting to the rim, down two, and shot was blocked. But it was a goaltend. I was like, oh, they're definitely calling that a goaltend. They didn't. And looking at the replay, not only was it a goaltend, he got fouled. Sure, NBA refs are going to be like, refs, basketball refs all over the world are going to be like, rule of verticality, rule of verticality. He wasn't completely vertical. You could have easily called that a foul. With the goaltend, that's an and one. With the goaltend? He's going to the line for the lead. The refs messed that up. And you got to hold them accountable. These are the best basketball refs in the world. So I ain't no feeling sorry for them. These are the best refs in the world. No excuses. Basketball refs are kind of arrogant. So to me, they're kind of arrogant. So whenever the best of the best mess up, I'm like, I mean, you got to be held accountable. You, I mean, you're supposed to be better than everybody. You can't miss an easy call like that. <clears throat> but they did. They did. And Blazers lost. And Dame Lillard was pissed. And he was about to fight them refs. I know he was. I was like, man, someone going to get stole. He going to steal one of these refs. He didn't, even though they had a chance at the end because the Jazz missed the free throw, and Swanigan was open in the corner, but he doesn't shoot threes. So, of course, he wasn't going to make that three, and he didn't. <clears throat> he didn't make the three. They lost. So, I'm like, yo, that's crazy. They lost. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, The Blazers, they have a right to be upset. I mean, they should have won their ninth place. They're trying to fight to get into the playoffs. They've been fighting with Memphis for probably months now to get that last playoff spot. Dallas is kind of sliding back because Doncic can't stay healthy. And then, you know, they're probably going to have to fight OKC as well if if they slide back. So it's going to be very tough to get that eighth seed, and they need all the games they can get, and the refs are just messing them up. I get it. I get why they'd be mad. I understand. You can't really blame them. Now, Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill. Got the game winner last night. I was supposed to be at that game, but I wasn't. I wasn't. I did something else. I did something else. I went out. I went out, had a good time, and it's fine. I missed a really good game. Wizards won by one, and Bill made a shot as time expired. Crazy how the inbound play looked because he started on the other end of the court. He got a pick. He faked towards the inbounder. Came back, came back around, 
he faked inside, then went outside, and then went straight down the middle, basically untouched, and laid it up. I mean, it was a nice pass by the inbounder, and he scored. That was just great execution. And he went crazy. Everyone went crazy. But John Wall was like, and that's what you were supposed to do. He had no reaction, and I thought that was funny. John Wall looks like he looks good in those pregame warm-ups, but I don't think he's going to be back. He'll be back next year. And that's fine. As long as we get the right pieces together, we'll be back in the playoffs with those two. With those two, yeah, we'll definitely be back in the playoffs. Tell the East to get ready, but get ready for also John Wall, load management, and him possibly getting hurt again. That could happen as well. Now, the trade deadline happened. Andre Drummond's with Cleveland. Isaiah Thomas left the Wizards. Like, he got shipped from the Wizards. I guess, I mean, he started a few games, but he wasn't the IT of old. That's clearly a past. So, and we got one of the worst defenses in the league. Something had to, someone had to go. He went, he's gone, Jordan McRae is gone. But the big trade is Clint Capella with the Hawks. And the Rockets getting Covington. And D'Angelo Russell going to Minnesota. The Rockets small ball. The small ball can work if you do it right. You got to do it right. Like, when I played with Ridge Road in ninth grade, the last kind of organized rec league team I've been on, we played a team. No one was short, taller than 5'5". And our team, everyone was at least 5'5". And we lost. Because those guys, they spread the floor. They spread us out. They shot threes and then... They were making threes, and when they weren't making three, they were taking us off the dribble and scoring. So it could work. It can work because they could use their speed against those bigger guys, and they can get a lot of dribble penetration, and they can draw fouls too because they're so quick. It could work. Will they win a title? No. Even with Clint Capella, they weren't winning a title. Even with a big man, they weren't winning the title. The Jazz are too balanced. The Lakers are too balanced. And they got LeBron and AD. The Clippers are too good defensively. And they got Kawhi and Paul George. I know Westbrook and Harden are the best players, two of the best players in the league, but they're not getting out of the second round. They're screwed. But I love all the memes about them, about their analytics and small ball and how – they're a bunch of midgets and all that. <laughs> Man, it's funny. The internet is hilarious. But another thing is, the last thing I want to talk about is Howard Basketball. Now, Howard Basketball, right now, as I speak, now they're playing Florida A&M right now. They're playing FAMU. It looks like they're going to overtime. When I originally recorded it, they were up like three. But during this version of the recording, they're tied. They're going overtime. And it looks like they have a really good chance of getting their first win 
of the season in the MEAC. Now, they're 2-22. and 22. They haven't won a game in 2020. I mean, CJ is their best player. He's like Kobe. He has the Mamba mentality. But he shoots a lot. And they sub him out on defense down the stretch. This is the truth. Man, CJ is like that, and I feel like he can still will, will his team to a run in the MEAC tournament. But, man, they can't do anything. They got a young team. They can't guard the paint. Definitely can't guard the paint. Can't guard the paint. Can't rebound. They can't guard the three. They don't have – they only got two people who can consistently score, and that's Wayne Bristol Jr. and CJ. And they're just losing a ton of games. However, they fight, though. They fight. They scrap. Which is why most of those games are single digits at the end of the game. Some of those involve big comebacks, but that's just the truth. But I feel like in order for them to win the MEAC, here's what's going to have to happen. First of all, they're going to have to play better defense, more consistent defense, because they can definitely win that first game because they'll probably be a 10th seed because Florida A&M is on probation, so they won't be in the tournament. So Howard will. They'll probably be a 10th seed. They play everybody tough. They could definitely win that first game. The second game will probably be against A&T, Norfolk State. They play Norfolk State tough. They usually play A&T tough. They can definitely win that game. The next game probably be against one of them or North Carolina Central. They could probably win that. And then, then you got the championship. You'll probably get one, two. You probably get one, number one, or number four. You'll probably get number one. Whoever that is. And they can win that, but it's going to take some hot shooting and it's going to take some solid defense, which is possible. Which is possible. Khalil Robinson can shoot it. Um, I see some flashes by Zion. Zion can definitely get you a double-double if he can get a double-double in every game of the MEAC tournament. Howard can definitely do something. And CJ scored 20 points a game. And Wayne Bristle Jr. scored about 15 a game. And everyone else is hot from three. And they play good defense. They could definitely take the MEAC tournament. Even with their record. And they'll be the worst RPI team in NCAA history. Their RPI has got to be awful. But it's possible. I still believe. But right now, they can't do anything right. So, and they got a nice little coaching staff. I mean, Kenneth Blakeney, he, their head coach, he played with Christian Leitner and Grant Hill, and he went to the Matha and scored a bunch of points. They had Tyler Thornton, who led Gonzaga while I was in school. Um... You got some kid who played with Notre Dame, and you got some guy played with Middlebury's College, and he was an assistant coach at Columbia. 
Like, you know, I mean, young guys, young guys. Kenneth Blakeney ain't young, but everyone else is, and all the other coaches is. So, you got a nice little squad on paper, coaching side on paper, but it just hasn't worked so far. And, you know, I hope Howard pulls it out on the road because they definitely don't be winning at home. They've only won one home game all season. So, yeah, you might want to get away from Bird Gymnasium. So, they only got two more home games, and all I got to say is thank God because they only won one home game all season. And the two home games they got, they got Merlin Eastern Shore who beat them by double digits. Well, that was the other non-double digit game. I mean, non-single-digit game. And they got Delaware State who beat North Carolina Central. So, that's not going to be an easy game either. So, I feel like they're going to win a few MEAC games, but they're probably going to be 10th in the tournament. Which is fine, man. But they could still win it. They can still win the tournament. Just got to play defense and shoot well. And Zion's going to have to get a double-double. But I believe in them. But, you know, I'm out, man. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.